I'm Ray Johnston and welcome to your monthly Indigenous STEM special for Take It Black, where you can stay up to date with all the latest happenings in science, technology, engineering and maths. It's also a place where we look at the intersection of traditional knowledge and modern science and speak to people working in this space to find out what they are up to. First, the big tech news of September 2020. Take It Black. Both Xbox and PlayStation opened pre-orders for their $750 next-generation gaming consoles, with both companies also offering a cheaper, digital-only model that won't need physical discs. Pre-orders sold out within minutes. Always And Xbox's console went on sale only hours after the announcement of its parent company Microsoft buying out ZeniMax, the parent company of gaming developer Bethesda, who you may know from Fallout and The Elder Scrolls. This brings the total number of studios under Microsoft's wing to 21, while Sony has 15 in the stable for PlayStation. Take it black. Apple's big consumer conference kicked off without a new iPhone to show off, but instead focused mainly on the Apple Watch range. As well as the new Apple Watch 6, there's now a more affordable SE model and updates to the latest operating system that include hand washing monitoring, sleep tracking and blood oxygen level monitoring. Looking to the stars, an asteroid the size of a bus headed our way last week. But NASA says the space rock zoomed safely past Earth. The asteroid was only discovered weeks ago and came within 22,000 kilometres of Earth, which sounds high but is well below a lot of the communication satellites orbiting our planet. The asteroid won't be back to Earth's neighbourhood until 2041. For more of the latest tech news, be sure to catch Nola on Fridays on NITV. Take it black. Western science are catching up to our traditional knowledge is a common theme for research. And this month, a big focus was on wine. Yes, wine. Australian wine scientists, that's actually a thing, are using traditional practices of the Palawa people from Tassie to produce fermented beverages, fizzy alcohol. These scientists are from the University of Adelaide and the Australian Wine Research Institute, and they've looked at the complex microbial communities associated with the natural fermentation of sap from the iconic Tasmanian cider gum, Eucalyptus gunai. The much-loved but locally endangered cider gum is native to the central plateau of Tasmania and it's also commonly planted as an ornamental tree across the British Isles and in some parts of Western Europe as well. Now, cider gums produce a sweet sap which is collected by Palawa people 
and then given time to ferment to make a mildly alcoholic beverage known as wayalina. Those microorganisms responsible for this traditional fermentation haven't been investigated by Western scientists before. This was the very first time. So these wine scientists, again, a real job, in collaboration with the Tasmanian Aboriginal Centre and the Tasmanian Land Conservancy, collected sap, bark and soil samples from around the cider gums in three different locations in the Tasmanian Central Plateau. Then they used DNA sequencing to identify the bacterial and fungal communities that they found. Now, some of these couldn't be matched to existing databases. So this means that they're completely new classifications of bacteria and fungi for Western scientists. It also means that these scientists can identify new strains or species of yeast and bacteria from these fermentations that are unique to Australia. We're talking native bacteria. Now, the researchers are particularly interested in how they ferment things, how they taste, how they've adapted to the cider gum environment, and also the possible relationship that they have with the trees. Now, the team said that they're looking forward to continuing their work with the relevant Aboriginal communities to understand these and other processes and then to use these understandings to help revive sleeping practices of fermentation or maybe help develop whole new ones. So we can expect a whole new range of commercially available drinks in the future using techniques practised for over 100,000 years. Always My guest this episode is Wiradjuri man Ben Armstrong. Now, Ben is a director at Indigitech, an Indigenous-run organisation that aims to increase the participation and success of Indigenous people in the tech industry. But I'll let him tell you more about it. Ben, we'll start with uh, the classic intro question. Who's your mob? Where are you from? I'm a Wiradjuri mob. Um, my mum and my family actually grew up in uh, Lithgow, just got another side of the Blue Mountains. Um, I was born in Awabakla land. We travelled around a lot. So um, I've been around a lot of places. But, uh, yeah, that's, wh- that's where I'm from. Nice. Now, have you always been into the geekier side of life? Is that fair to say? Yes, always. And it's from my mum. Um, my mum would let me sit up uh, late at night when I was young and watch Star Trek with her, and I think that's what got me hooked. So what was it about Star Trek? Was it just like imagining being able to live that kind of life and have access to, to that sort of tech? Yeah, it was it was completely different. I mean, when, when I was a kid, you know, we had, you know, your, your classic cartoons, Transformers, loved it so much, you know, Thundercats, all of that, but there was something more realistic about Star Trek, Um and, you know, it was, it was the, the technology, it was next generation. So for me, it was not the original, it was next gen. So you had the Android, you had data, you had all these different, you know, cultures and, and, and experiences and just going out and learning about them. It was just really, really interesting to me. Did you feel like you were a bit alone in having these kind of interests when you were growing up? Did you have other friends that were, were also into this stuff? Yeah, so I didn't have any friends growing up that were really into it. Um, 
it was a bit strange growing up. Um, I was thankfully good at sport as well as good at, um, you know, <laughs> science things as well. I wasn't. Um, good on you. <laughs> yeah, it helps a little bit. It helps a little bit, right? Um, so it was funny because I would I would kind of, um, you know, shift between this very sporty world where I'd be like representing, you know, almost, you know, state and country levels in sport, but then also flipping back to, to programming logo, you know, in fifth grade in the late 80s um, and being very much on that side of, of, the, of the education, I guess, at the time. And, and I was, you know, it, it was always very, very, um, very, very different. You always get called a geek, but then, you you know, it's, 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 it was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. Yeah. So why don't you tell me about what you're working on right now? Working on right now or oh, professionally. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm the manager of uh, global services at Hitachi Vantara, but I'm exiting that role um, next year um, on a rather long exit strategy. Um, I'm also the um, a director at Indigitech, um, which is a community of Indigenous people in, in STEM um, and helping sort of, um, you know, make real impact there with, with MOB um, and make some, you know, really big shifts in the way in our opportunities and, and what we can achieve and, and changing that you know, visibility that, you know, there aren't any black fellows in STEM. Yeah, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about you know, what what Indigitech does exactly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we started Indigitech started off um, five five people in a pub. I was one of them uh, with Liam Ridgeway, and I actually don't even remember the other three people because it was so long ago. But <laughs> they'll they'll listen to this though and remember you. <laughs> they'll remember. I was there, and, um, and and we started off with just really just getting together because again, not once you know it was hard growing up being interested in this stuff it's, it's even harder when you try and have a career and it's starting you know um oh, well the whole <laughs> forever um but for me from the 2000s onwards so what we did was we got together to try and um just you know catch up and share our stories and the issues that we were seeing in these very heavily dominated white men's spaces and um from there um liam really took that with and co-founded that and and drove it into an organization that's a not-for-profit charity um, that is really focusing on, um, you know, really when we break it down, it's really financial, um, you know, equity for Indigenous people and career opportunities, right, to moving into the future if you really want to peel it back. Awesome. But what we, what we do uh, now is, is a lot of different things. Um, so we're really very well known for our community engagement with our events. Um, that's getting people into uh, Indigitech events. Um, getting you know corporations and organisations to come along as well, and non-Indigenous folk, and to listen to some of those champions that are out there in the STEM space, and and people who can share their experiences um, and really kind of you know hi- highlight them, but also for other non-Indigenous people, especially to learn from that. So we're very good with that, and then now we're working really on trying to make some more long-term impactful things around career opportunities, alternate learning pathways. Um, and, and making sure that the work environments are safe for Indigenous people in the STEM area. So why is all of this even necessary? Like how how many mob do we have working in STEM these days? We don't know, actually. There's not a lot. We know that for, we know it's definitely not a lot. Um, actually, it's, it's an interesting question because one of the really kind of important things that we're missing here is um, some of the stats around that. 
chief scientists released stats recently around education. That's probably the closest thing we've got at the moment, which is around education. Um, it was 0.1% of Indigenous people take an IT degree um, or, or uh, vocational education. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. Uh, and then you've got to think about how many of those stay in, stay with that and stick with that. Um, and then, of course, we're missing people who didn't do those degrees but are in STEM in some ways. And there's lots of, as, as you know, there's lots of different areas of, of STEM. It doesn't have to be just computer programming. You know? It could be lots of different things. So um, we, do, we do miss this. Um, we have, um, what we do have is over 100 you know, Indigenous people who have turned up to Indigitech events. So we know that. We know the mob are out there. We're finding more and more every day. And we really want to try and build that community um, so that we, we obviously everyone can come together and, and be safe and have these conversations and share their experiences and help each other out. Um, but one of the things we didn't we need to do is actually try and get that data as well so we can start to, to show impact on, and, and movement on that. Yeah. What, what do you think the barriers are for you know getting more Indigenous people in STEM? Why aren't they there in the first place? Like why why aren't we already there? It's it's inherent in in who we are in our in our ancestry in our bloodlines. So it, it doesn't make sense to me that we're not heavily embedded in these industries already. What's stopping it from being a more inclusive place? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? There's so many things there. We start with education system that doesn't support Indigenous kids in those areas. Um, you know, we're really going to be, you know, just pushing down the sports route as much as possible. We have issues with accessibility to technology. Um, we have access issues with accesses to finance to be able to afford that technology. Um, you know, I was just listening to. Um, uh, uh, the Google Indigenous um, talk this week, Mandanara was talking about when they had to go COVID, and the school, all the kids had to go and learn remotely. Um, it was a huge portion of the, like a massive portion of the Indigenous kids had no internet at home to be able to do that, and so they had to go to Telstra and say, "Hey, we need you to help out with this," and they did. But it's that not knowing that there's that huge digital divide, right? That gap, that massive gap. Um, there's a lack of role models. There's a lack of safe spaces. You know, not lack of. They're just not out there and easily to, easy to find. It's not promoted um, in non-indigenous spaces. Um, the workplaces themselves are very challenging and have been very challenging, um, especially for indigenous folk. But even more so for for women. Um, it just you know it's really quadrupling down on the on the issues there. So there's so many, so many problems, sorry, that with with all of these that makes it, you know, uh, you kind of sit back and you can you can see why some indigenous folk might be like, why would I want to go into that space? Yeah. You know, what what is it about it that, you know, I love this engineering, I love science, I love technology, but I don't really love what I'm seeing over there. I can't see a career there. I can't see any prospects there. How is that helping my mob? And we need to to fix that. And oh, we've not fix, definitely got to fix that because everyone's missing out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what working at Indigitech is like being a, a business where you are just surrounded by mob every day. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, <laughs> it, it, is, it is one of those um, things that's hard to imagine until you experience it. And, you know, especially, um, you know, I've been in the you know, IT <laughs> 
job, corporate IT job for almost 20 years. And, and then you, you know, you go from there and walk over to Indigitech and you, you, you know, walk into a virtual room or a physical room full of, full of mob who are super passionate, super geeky. And, and, and the conversations just flow. Everything's just so, you know, natural and, and you feel like you belong. Now, when we talk about things like diversity and inclusion, right, and people talk about a sense of, sense of belonging, that's what it feels like. There's real sense of belonging. I am I'm where I should be. And, it's, and it is an amazing experience. Um, and that's, you know, great thing about the events in Digitech does, but it's, it's even amplified just, you know, working with Liam and Kieran and, and Celeste, who are make up in, in Digitech as, as a team. And just, you know, just, it's just laughs, just being able to laugh. And it's just amazing, amazing fun. So you spoke a bit there about having worked in tech for 20 years, which, wow, yeah, that, that feels like a long time. <laughs> How did you get into those roles? What kind of study did you do? And you know, is, is study, a formal study, really the only path into a career in tech? Right, right, yeah. So I, I was always really good at computer science at high school. And so I really wanted to study computer science because that was the path. That was what everyone told me to do. It's what, you know, my dad did, you know, went to uni even when he was, you know, in his 40s, he was still an academic, basically an academic. And it was like, you know, you've got to go to university. But the rest of my courses at school were not that good. I wasn't very good at English. I wasn't very interested in it. Um, but, you know, so it was like, you know, going to get a good enough score. But I went for it anyway. I just put, my, just put it in there as my top choice. And thankfully, that year at UTS, they opened up a number of extra placements in the in the IT courses right at the start of the dot com boom, and so I got in. And it was I was one of only two Indigenous people in IT at UTS, um, and it was um, an extremely lonely experience. You know, thankful to Yambana and the staff and the people at Yambana that kept that um, environment, um, you know, kept providing an environment for Black black fella kids go up to and young adults go up to and, and hang out and that was really, really helpful. But I didn't really turn up to a lot of lectures. I didn't turn up to a lot of shoots. I found that the experience of university um, very hard to engage in. Um, but I got through and, and um, through actually through Yambana, I got um, encouraged to go and apply for an Indigenous cadetship. And I, if I remember correctly, there were three Indigenous cadetships and there were three Indigenous kids who applied for it or young adults who applied for it. Um, so it was really just a don't muck it up. And so, um, and, you I, I ended, and I didn't, I didn't muck it up. Um, and I had a choice between um, Hitachi and the Defa- Department of Defence and I just didn't Oof. want to go to the Department of Defence because um, Hitachi were giving me a laptop and a phone. And I mean, <laughs> in, in the year 2000, that was just like, oh, you know. Unbelievable, um, and so I went that way, and and that's how I got I, I got started um, through that process of, of being in a uh, an extension and getting that real work experience. Um, and what I quickly realised is that there was very little that I was taught at university that actually um, technically helped me at my job um, at, in that cadetship. There was things like critical thinking that you know universities will always you know help you with and and, and working with others in teams and things like that. But um, for the job that I was doing, it was completely different. Um, and so it was really that that helped me more than, than the actual learning experience. So 
is university the only way? Absolutely not. And even less so these days. You know, we're 20 years down the path from where, where I was. And um, it is not the only way. Um, it is certainly a way, but it's not going to meet everyone's requirements. Um, and not everyone's going to learn in that specific um, way that is structured the way that universities done. Yeah. So if people want to get involved in what Indigitech's doing, follow along, you know, help you mob out uh, with trying to increase the number of Indigenous participation in STEM and in STEM careers, what what can they do? What can people listening who, who want to get involved do? Yeah, reach out reach out to us. We're, we, we, we are here to help. That's a good, a good pitch. But... No, really, head, head, head to our website, indigitech.org.au, um, and reach out to us. We have a number of corporate um, partners, if you're a corporate. We have a number of Indigenous organisations that we partner with. Uh, we are absolutely, um, you know, by mob for mob, and that means partnering with other Indigenous organisations, even just connecting if we can, connecting up. Um, what, you know... We have different ways of, of, in, of, of supporting us. We have some incredible supporters and some of our current partners are phenomenal um, and help us out, um, you know, with financial support, but also, with, you know, it could be advisement or, you know, just connecting us with other people. And talk to us and then listen, right? That's probably the, the most important part is, is then listen um, because it's a journey. It's a shared journey that we, we like to take with our, with our partners and the people who work with us. Um, you know, we learn a little, we learn about, you know, their, what they want to do and what their goals are. And then they, the, the, the idea is to learn from us as well and learn from the communities that we may help you engage with or may point you in the right direction to engage with and do that, do that the proper way or the good ways. And, um, but reach out. We're here to talk and help. Yeah. And for any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people out there that are, you know, right. wanting to get into STEM, what should they yeah. do? Like, you know, is it just for younger mob that you look after? What if someone wants no. to have a career change? What if, you know, someone wants to get into, you know, something to do with tech, but they don't know if uni is the way to get into it? Like, what can you offer? Absolutely. So, we're actually working on this. I'm actually, we're putting together a, a community, you know, a, a spot for community right now where our community can constantly engage and talk um, and, 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 and really help each other out as a community. Um, and right now, I mean, I guess the only way is really reach out to us. <laughs> and, and, you know, myself or Celeste Carnegie or Liam Ridgway or Kieran Sartor, whether it's on the website or on socials, you know, hit us up. Um, we have, um, we're working on scholarships. We have a scholarship fund. Uh, we have connections with, you know, uh, lots of alternate um, coding um, and, and STEM organisations to help people with their different pathways. Uh, we are also setting up um, our, our mentoring. Um, we have so much going on. It's, it's, it's hard to remember everything. Um, <laughs> and you're so, starting yeah, so Dungeons we, and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, we're starting the Dungeons and Dragons. We're starting that, you know, we're looking at game, you know, gaming communities and, 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 and our own, you know, um, indigenous tech community. We've also got our events. We love people to come along to our events, which we really need to get, get, get them started up again um, as soon as we can and it's safe. Um, and there's just so much. But reach out to us because there is opportunity out there. There's a lot of opportunity out there. And sometimes it's just connecting the dots. And, and that's what we, we, can, we can offer as well. Um, but in the next sort of, you know, few, next couple of months, we're going to be really ramping up that community engagement and that community space. So we'll be able to link people to that. 
Yeah. How has this year impacted on the way in Digitech operates? As like, yeah, obviously, there was lots of live events in the past, and that's not something that's really been able to be possible at the moment. So how do you make sure that you're staying connected with everyone and still able to join those dots when we are all, you know, a little bit more disconnected? Yeah. I'd say we, pro- we probably haven't done as good a job as we would have liked. Um, our last event, was in Canberra that you spoke at, yeah, and and it was you know and you know that was a phenomenal event. It went, so, it was just amazing and such a great experience to, to 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 be in that room and meet all those people, and to listen to your story. And we we absolutely love those events. Moving them to a virtual, we weren't really set up to do that, and we weren't really sure how successful it would be. Obviously, there was a lot of anxiety as well going around. A lot of people had things changing in their lives, and 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 it really kind of just in a way, I think it caught you know caught us off guard, just like it caught a lot of people off guard. What we did was try, really try and pivot to put in some of the, the the proper structure and processes in Digitech and start to work on some of the things that we often get reached out to a lot about by 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 people, Indigenous and non-Indigenous and corporates and non-corporates, um, and start to work on on making some inroads in those. Um, there was a lot of traction lately as a lot of organizations are under scrutiny around their, around their you know, hiring practices. Um, so we are a little bit inundated as well with some of those, those conversations and for us to try and, and work them out. But we are um, absolutely you know, focused on getting that community um, engagement, I guess, in a way you call it back up and running because we have to work around that COVID. I think everyone's sort of settled down a little bit now. We've, we've, we've found our rhythm again. And and we're we're out there trying to we're they're building those those spaces now to get that back in, but it was disruptive. Um, it really was, and we did a lot of you know we were looking this year to to hold events in in Victoria and Perth and Brisbane, and we had to just scrap all of those physical events. Yeah, I think there's been a bit, lot of disappointment all round. I think everyone's just had to lower their expectations and be a little bit kinder to themselves as well about what we're capable of doing while we're working. Yeah, that's, I heard a quote a while ago. It was you know, something along the lines of, you know, we're not working from home. We're at home during a pandemic trying to work. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up, the, oh. the baseline of stress that we're all dealing with. So, yeah, we need to cut ourselves some slack, I reckon. Yeah, I think you're right. And we did look back and go, we, we, we didn't do a good enough job. But, yeah, we, we have those conversations. It's really good to have. And we do talk about it where we're like, you know, we need to, it's really just, you know, exactly as you said, be empathetic. I mean, even some of the people that we were, were working with that, you know, the co- you know, COVID and the pandemic hit them hard as well. Um, and so it's it's really has been very interesting. But, yeah, I agree, Ray. We need to really just look after ourselves and be kind to ourselves as well. Well, it's pretty clear that the future is bright. And thanks to people like your, yourself and organisations like in Digitech, I'm, I'm really excited to see what that future holds and yeah, how different it's going to look when we do have more mob working in these fields and, and the kinds of contributions that we're going to be able to make. And I just think it's all really exciting and I'm just really thrilled that you're doing this kind of thing. And I hope that there's an influx of people wanting to get involved in one way or another. Uh, sorry to uh, wish you more work, more stress, more pressure, but I hope it stays busy for you. Yeah, no, that's what we're here to do. I'm busy, busy is good. We want to be busy and 
we just want, yeah, as you said, we just want, you know, Mob to have that opportunity and, and going forward in the future to empower their communities, empower themselves. And as I said, you know, it's a start. We've, we've got to peel it back. We're really just trying to, you know, really make some impactful outcomes, give people some financial security and, and be able to help them help their careers. And, you know, and also build that community where we can support each other because we didn't have that. We never had that. And that's, that's, that's the, one of the most powerful things is when we all support each other. Beautifully said. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ray. That was Ben Armstrong from Indigitech. You can find out more about Indigitech at indigitech.org.au or all over social media. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Give us a rating, share it with your friends, subscribe. And if there's anything STEM related you'd like to know more about, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn, if you must, at Ray Johnston, and I'll give you all the info in Take It Black's next STEM episode. Until then, take it black. Always love, always love.